Mummy Matters. Welcome to episode 12 of Mummy Matters. This is Ruth and Pam, your hosts. And this is the last episode of this season, which is about our hopes, our fears, and our dreams as parents. So today, we will be finally talking about something more positive, like our dreams. Yay! So have you slogged through parenthood? What are your aspirations and dreams for your children? For me, my aspirations and dreams for my children are pretty vague and they're not set in stone. Because, I mean, I just generally want them to be happy, but not happy as a bum lying around at my home mooching and freeloading of me, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, I certainly wouldn't be able to retire, you know, then before kids. So I'm not going to work until, you know, like crazy until the end of my life. So what I want from my children is that I need them to be independent, street smart, so that I know that they are able to, you know, like at least swim or float and not sink in any situation. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, career-wise, I think I will be happy with almost any career they choose. But I will also be the type of mother, I think, who will feel very lonely and sad if my child chooses to settle overseas permanently. And uh, most important for me, I think, is that I bring up children who live a fulfilling, happy and healthy life. I would interfere, I think, the most if I felt that they were living recklessly, like, you know, the whole YOLO thing, I don't believe in it, sorry, or wasting their lives away. So how about you, Pam? Hmm, you know, like seriously, I'm not sure what kind of careers would be out in the market for my children in future. You know, like even just now, like um, being an influencer is a decent job, you know, like there are so many child influencers now on YouTube doing reviews and they're making quite a fair bit out of, out of that. So I really don't know what is up for grabs. I mean, for them in the future. But before this could happen, I would still just hope that they are able to grab on to any chances that is given, you know, that could help enrich their lives for a better tomorrow. Yeah, I'm I agree that in just a short span of time, suddenly being an influencer has become like, you know, from from a little group of people to, you know, now there are so many micro and whatever mm. influencers. But um, I'm not so sure about that for my kids because I would definitely try to talk my children out of that because I feel it opens up the door to cyberbullying, which can be really tough on their mental health. And also if they start young, they might inadvertently reveal too much information. And people out there can be really freaky, you know. I mean, we've heard stories about stalkers and all doing horrible things to celebrities. So, you know, what more a YouTuber or influencer who has thousands or millions of followers? So, yes, while the life of an influencer can look amazing because of all the sponsored stuff, I wouldn't want my kids to be influencers themselves. So... Then again, that's my worry, you know. What What's your worry then as a parent? So with four kids, right, one of the most important worry is that I, do I have enough money to help them achieve their dreams and aspirations? Not that I believe parents must do so, but if I could, then why not? So if my child can graduate debt-free, why not? And I Agree. I think that's the incentive behind many working parents. It might not be the key and sole purpose 
as to why we work. But many of us do our best to work, earn and save as much as we can, just so our children can pursue their studies without worrying about their next meal and ensure that we ourselves will not be a burden or obstacle in the path of our children's success. If anything, I think we want to help them succeed rather than, you know, make it difficult for them to succeed. Yes. So I think that would be a parent's nightmare, you know, to have your child's potential and future compromised just because of poor financial planning, like daily expenses aside, thinking and anticipating the future cost of their further education has been quite stressful. So it's also one of the reasons why I really believe in giving them a solid foundation from young, because once they pick up this um, lifelong skills and understand their own learning patterns, their path would be much easier. So that's it. Everyone's financial situation is different. So some of us are blessed with more than others. So the team at Mums Club has tapped onto the wisdom of a few financial advisors to share their perspective on family planning. So check it out on our blog at www.mumsclub.sg. Right. And these financial advisors we've tapped onto, they are all parents themselves. So I think that their perspective will be really useful. And, you know, there's two kinds of perspectives, actually. One is that you help your children as much as you can so that their lives are easier. And the other is that my child won't be incentivized to work if I'm paying for it. That's what some parents believe. So obviously also parents who feel that they are the ones paving the way for their children, they feel more personally invested in their decisions. So how do you nurture your child's ambitions without tarnishing it with an adult's jaded perspective? Because sad to say, sometimes our children tell us about their dreams. We smile, but at the back of their head, we are thinking, yeah, right, that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. You know, like, obvious, I mean, obvious ridiculous aspiration would be like becoming a butterfly, a princess, or you know, like superheroes are like pretty far out of reach, but you know, as parents, our opinions and approvals are so important to our kids. So sometimes even though my children say things like, you know, I which where I feel it's quite impossible, like wanting to be an astronaut, um, I try not to be too critical because who knows, there still might be a chance that it would happen, right? Yeah, if Meghan Markle can become a princess, <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> right. And, but, realistically speaking as adults ourselves we've gone through our own disappointments and life experience so sometimes we feel that it's better to help our children be more practical and realistic so that they don't get too disappointed but the thing is sometimes being realistic and practical is really not exciting and then our children resent us for being unsupportive so how can parents navigate around that so, well, I think for most parents, we all want our children to do well in life. So this concept of doing well depends on our own definition on what it means to do well. So for me, doing well means like at least not struggling. So having a source of income which is able to finance their day-to-day -day needs and wants. Hmm, I think that's true. And a key difference between parents of today and parents of past generation is that probably the past generation is more concerned about wealth accumulation because they and their parents 
who came before them were the pioneer generation who worked really hard to build Singapore and our society to what it is today. For me, however, I feel doing well is not just financial freedom, it's also mental health. And I think that resonates a lot with the current generation of parents who feel the stress of being the digital generation. You know, work seamlessly bleeds from the office to the home. And then there's this all like hashtag FOMO, hashtag YOLO, hashtag whatever. And, you know, comparing that, there's a lot of comparison basically because of social media. You know, you compare it to the influencers with picture perfect feeds. And having sufficient income, I feel, is secondary to actually having enough time to enjoy your income in the first place. Right. So, you know, we have discussed in our previous podcast how we spend time has changed so much, especially due to, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic. So, what I feel has been the most stressful about being a parent these days is actually trying to live my day-to-day for my children to be happy and fulfilled. So with the help of technology, so all the information you want is up on the internet and it's free for all. But on the other hand, you know, like children are exposed to these activities, toys and even video games just at their fingertips. You know, like it can be through YouTube, it can be through a lot of other means of media. And it really makes like reality really dull and ugly. I agree. And, you know, for me, I feel the most stressful thing from my parenthood is that the way things keep changing, I'm a creature of routine and I feel like there's no chance to take a break sometimes because after the COVID-19 pandemic, who knows what will come along and digital disruptions are always changing things. Then in the day-to-day life, every day, it seems like someone is always doing something, accomplishing something, and it makes me feel inferior, even though at the back of my head, I know that every accomplishment being celebrated is the product of days and months of effort. But because social media doesn't reflect all that invisible work, I can't help but feel inadequate. Then as I feel all this inferiority and inadequacy, I can't help but think, how can I protect my children from the same and teach them to manage it when I myself, I'm struggling? I mean, I guess it really depends on how you see it. So on one hand, peer pressure is there and they might struggle with, you know, like lower self-esteem. But on the other hand, Wouldn't the accomplishments and achievements of their friend inspire them to do better, like strive harder and also work towards like greater things? So there is always something or somebody better than you out there. How do you choose what to make of your life and how to spend your time? It's it's really just up to you. Wow, I think that was so epic. It was such a clear-headed, and motivational way of putting it. And you're right, how you choose to process things and face difficulties really determines where you end up in the future. Yes, like, you know, um, as a mother of four children, I don't have the luxury of time or space, you know, to tailor my parenting approach to each and every child, even though that would be the so-called best parenting method. What I can do, however, is to help to nurture and guide them towards a positive approach. So I never believe in like sitting around, feeling depressed, you know, like whining about it. So if I want to get something done, 
I just have to get up, you know, and work towards it. That's totally your style. I mean, for me, I'm more of a planner. So I guess you could say that one of my hopes and dreams is that my children have the foresight to plan and not sit around like bums, which I cannot help emphasizing because I don't want them to be bums. And um, not everything can be planned, but at least have some sort of goal in mind. And I feel that having a purpose can significantly make things clearer and reduce the amount of wasted effort or wasted time. So as a teenager, I I buried myself in books. I was pretty much clueless as to what the world had to happen. But in the blink of an eye, it's time to choose your area of study in university. And I basically just chose what I love, which is literature. And it wasn't a choice that I would say I regret. But on hindsight, it was probably not the best or practical choice for me career-wise <laughs> yeah right so you know like like speaking of careers technology has created so many new and exciting jobs that can earn a lot of money that's right uh, according to a 2021 salary guide while careers in healthcare, finance, engineering and law continue to have the best compensation, professionals in computer information systems, big data, computer network architects and data scientists now command very generous salary packages as well. So if you were to ask me, uh, like I probably wouldn't, you know, describe what these people do exactly. So but it isn't just, you know, like confined to technology per se. I would say that technology has been very disruptive to certain industries as well. Like, you know, many new roles um, such as cybersecurity have been created. So as a parent, I think the most important skill I have to teach my children is, you know, to be street smart. Uh, to be creative because these are irreplaceable human skills that cannot be mimicked by artificial intelligence. Yes, and not just that, I think we also need to teach our children to treasure and cherish their own mental well-being and be able to see the bigger picture, which is part of being flexible. So, you know, technology never sleeps. It never ever needs to rest. And in that aspect, human labor cannot compete. But you're absolutely right that humans have certain traits and characteristics that AI cannot replicate. So our ability to make mistakes and make discoveries from there, so like sticky notes were a mistake. Penicillin, one of the world's first antibiotics, was a mistake. Chocolate chip cookies, potato chips, microwave ovens, inkjet printers, and even fireworks, all of these were mistakes that their human inventors discovered and went on to be incredibly successful. I cannot believe chocolate chip cookies and potato chips were mistakes. Like, oh my God, they are so good, right? Yeah. But yes, I mean, I think more and more parents are realizing that academics are simply just not enough. So after all, as adults, we know that in the real world, what you actually use in work, I mean, workplaces is just a fraction of what you learn in school. So what is more important are skills that you obtain in the process of learning and your own discovery of your learning style, like what we have discussed in the previous podcast. So your strengths, your weaknesses and every other thing. Yeah, on that note, here's a little short story I like to share. It's called The Little Boy by Helen Buckley. Once, a little boy went to school. One morning, the teacher said, 
Today, we are going to make a picture. Good, thought the little boy. He liked to make all kinds, lions and tigers, chickens and cows, trains and boats, and he took out his box of crayons and began to draw. But the teacher said, wait, it's not time to begin. And she waited until everyone looked ready. Now, said the teacher, we are going to make flowers. Good, thought the little boy. He liked to make beautiful ones with his pink and orange and blue crayons. But the teacher said, wait, and I will show you how. And it was red with a green stem. There, said the teacher, now you may begin. The little boy looked at his teacher's flower. Then he looked at his own flower. He liked his flower better than the teacher's, but he did not say this. He just turned the paper over and made a flower like the teacher's. It was red with a green stem. On another day, the teacher said, Today we are going to make something with clay. Good, thought the little boy. He liked clay. He could make all kinds of things with clay. Snakes and snowmen, elephants and mice, cars and trucks. And he began to pull and pinch his ball of clay. But the teacher said, wait, it is not time to begin. And she waited until everyone looked ready. Now, said the teacher, we are going to make a dish. Good, thought the little boy. He liked to make dishes and he began to make some that were all shapes and sizes. But the teacher said, wait, and I will show you how. And she showed everyone how to make one deep dish. There, said the teacher, now you may begin. The little boy looked at the teacher's dish, then he looked at his own. He liked his better than the teacher's, but he did not say this. He just rolled his clay into a big ball again and made a dish like the teacher's. It was a deep dish. And pretty soon, the little boy learned to wait and to watch and to make things just like the teacher. And pretty soon, he didn't make things of his own anymore. Then it happened that the little boy and his family moved to another house in another city and the little boy had to go to another school. The teacher said, today we are going to make a picture. Good, thought the little boy. And he waited for the teacher to tell him what to do. But the teacher didn't say anything. She just walked around the room. When she came to the little boy, she asked, don't you want to make a picture? Yes, said the little boy. What are we going to make? I don't know until you make it, said the teacher. How shall I make it? asked the little boy. Why, any way you like, said the teacher. And any colour, said the little boy. Any colour, said the teacher. And he began to make a red flower with a green stem. That's Helen Buckley with the story of the little boy. That is really a very interesting story. So personally, I mean, I feel that this is really happening to the Asian society where where we are always told what to do and what not to, and we cannot oppose it in a way or another. So not really given options to voice our own opinions and thinking that our teacher is always right. We usually just follow suit and then, you know, like we lose that inner voice of ours. So part of my parenting approach is to help my children see like opportunities from failures to at least, you know, to try. 
and exercise their creative mind while building up their perseverance to try continuing. Right. And I think the other thing that I'm picking up from this story is that, you know, as parents, we are a huge influence on our children and their aspirations. And for a long, long time, neither party might realize it, but what our children may choose to do in life is an echo of our aspirations that might not necessarily reflect their own true abilities and passions. And then when they mature or suddenly realize their own aspirations, which may come at any point of time. For some, it comes midway during their studies. For others, it's after a decade or even longer. You know, I've, I've had friends like that who drop out midway in university or completed a degree, worked for a few years, only to return back to school to pursue a path that was a better fit for them. Or I have friends who completely become disillusioned at the peak of their careers only to give it all up to start from the bottom again. Mm, it's all part and parcel of life. But yes, I mean, I also have friends who, you know, like they they, they regretted um, certain choices or decisions they have made. You know, for those who are childless or single without financial burdens, I would say that it is much easier for them to turn around and find their passion. But for most of us, it's really frightening at the same time, like, incredibly demoralizing knowing that your passion lies elsewhere but financial obligations just force you to stay in the same career or industry. Yes, so for any parents who are out there who are possibly experiencing this life crisis, we feel you, you know, as as fellow parents. We might not know precisely what you're going through but it happens. This is normal. Yes, like in life, right? I mean, there will always be something or at some point in time, we get depressed or have a midlife crisis, you know? Like regardless of how successful or or happy your life seems, you know, no one leads a perfect life. So um, what is most important is not venting it out on your children because that could be traumatizing for the rest of their lives and you know like permanently ruining the relationship i agree i mean there was definitely a time in my parenthood journey where i felt resentful of the kind of sacrifices i was making as a mother especially when i saw my peers and my ex-subordinates climbing up the corporate ladder so basically people who used to report to me would now be the people i would be reporting to just because of the huge gap i was taking to be a stay-at-home mom and you know at, at that time when I was really feeling this very strongly there was no option for me to return to the workforce so I did the best I could I started freelancing and then when I started freelancing I didn't know how to manage my time at first and I ended up feeling like I was neglecting my child too much which basically defeated the whole point of being a stay-at-home mom in the first place so you know, it was a real struggle, but eventually I managed to come to terms with my own priorities and adjust from there. So coming to terms with our priorities and what we really want versus what we can get, you know, that's that's really, really the toughest thing. So, you know, like sometimes, I mean, I always watch like Jack Neal's movie, right? Mm -hmm. So then, I mean, they will always be like, I mean, hoping for a miracle. So what they do is they will always say like, go to guanlima.com, you know, when you're hoping for a miracle. So for myself, I mean, I always trust like tarot card reading. 
um, I always have a plan in mind already. So, so the tarot card reading is just like a validation of what I have in mind. So whether to give it a go or not, you know, so I am not advocating tarot card reading. Uh, so as a solution to everybody's um, problems, but this is what it helps me because it gives me a, a, a rough idea of what, what I am doing or what I was planning to do. So then again, if you're interested, I mean, I do conduct like virtual reading on my Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I found your readings really fun. You know, I love like choosing which card, you know, that, that resonates with me. But, you know, but for me personally, because I'm a read and write type, I gain clarity by writing and listing out my priorities in a bullet journal. So I find it to be very meditative, just writing stuff out. I don't find it to be wasting my time and it, it just helps me a lot. So understanding my needs and how I think helps me a lot in relieving my mental burden and feelings of anxiety because I always feel like I'm forgetting something. So how do you deal with your own feelings of unhappiness, frustration, loss of enthusiasm for life in general. So please share with us your experiences and thoughts. Reach out to us via our blog, WhatsApp chat, IG or Facebook. So we would love to hear from you. And we have a blog post up on our community who have shared with us their coping mechanism. So do check it out on our website, www.mumsclub.sg. That's the end of this season of Mummy Matters. Thank you for staying with us through these 12 episodes. So what would you like to hear from us about the next season? Please reach out to us. And this is Pam and Ruth signing off. Bye. 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 <laughs>